This holiday weekend, we're looking ahead to an interesting winter farm show and getting some inside information on a new utility vehicle. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. Sure, it feels like we just finished our big fall farm shows, but we're also well into planning our next big event, the New York Farm Show. This indoor show in Syracuse, New York, brings high-tech to the Northeast and has undergone some changes in the last few years. The show wasn't held in 2021, but organizers are ready to roll for 2022. Chris Torres with American Agriculturist shares a preview of the big event. Then we turn our attention to the Roxor utility vehicle. The machine was first introduced in 2019 with some fanfare, then Jeep decided it had a too familiar look. That sent Mahindra engineers back to the drawing board. So what did this setback mean for the Roxor? Rich Ansel, Vice President of Marketing for Roxor, offers some insights on the changes for this unique machine. But first, let's check in with Chris Torres to get that preview of the 2022 New York Farm Show. Hey Chris, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Hey Willie, nice to hear from you. It's been a while. It has been a while and we've all been busy, but you know, we're looking forward to something past the holidays into the winter, the early uh, winter show season, uh, which is uh, uh, an exciting time for a lot of people. And of course, a key part of that is the New York Farm Show up in uh, Syracuse area and what can you tell me about that show for this for 2022? Yeah, we're excited to be back. Um, the show is going to be held February 24th through the 26th, Thursday through Saturday. Um, it's going to be held up at the New York State Fairgrounds in Syracuse, 36th edition of the show. We are anticipating a little bit over 400 exhibitors this year, usually draws about 30,000 people. And yeah, the great thing about this show is that while it's really cold outside in Syracuse, it's very warm inside those buildings. So yeah, it's a it's a nice show. You know, it's funny. I've been there a couple of times. Not every every time I've been at Farm Progress, but I've been there a few times. And it's interesting to me that even if it is a little cold outside, the walks between the buildings aren't even a problem. It's just a really well set up facility. It is, and you know, there's been a lot of changes the last couple of years, um, as you know. Um, you know, the last couple of changes, we've actually added a sixth building, so it's actually spread out. It's held in six total buildings. Um, the the newest building, which is the Expo Building, um, that houses. It's a really beautiful building that was built. Houses a lot of the local ag dealers. New Holland has a big presence in there. The indoor version of the of the Ram Ride, I believe it was the Ram Ride and Drive, was held in there last time when the show was held in 2020. The show, it seems like when you look at it in the map, it seems like it's pretty big and it is, it is big, but it's actually very easy to get around because the the parking is a lot closer than what it ever has been to the buildings. Um, there's free shuttles that take you to and from each building um, and you don't have to walk. To be honest with you, you being outside, you don't have to walk more than five minutes to get from building to building. So yeah, it is cold outside at times, but to get from building to building, it's not, it's not that bad at all. One of the things this show separates itself from, and it's obviously New York remains a solid dairy state, is there's some really good dairy tech in those in on display at this facility too, right? Sure is. Um, it, it really is. I, I think that this show has really become the premier show outside of World Dairy Expo, at least in the Northeast. It's really become the premier show for dairy producers. Um, you know, you can see and learn a lot about robotic dairy technologies here. Companies like GEA, or excuse me, GIA. Uh, Lili and some other companies, uh, companies out of Ontario, Quebec dairy companies have a really large presence at the show. They bring everything from robotic milkers to alley scrapers, feed pushers, all that really good stuff. 
yeah, so it's it's become a really big it's become really really big with with dairy that's for sure. Yeah, it's just an interesting to get a, a sense of those demonstrations and the the way the show is set up, and actually how I can see how things are actually working, even though I'm at an indoor show. That's for sure. Are there educational programs this year? This time there are, there are. Yeah, yeah. We're bringing back the educational programs involving the uh, the New York beef producers. They put on some educational programming during the show with some live animals. So, you know, if you have little kids, kids love to love to look at the live animals there. They put on some really good shows there. And uh, New York Forest Owners Association will be putting on some educational programming during the show as well. Actually, the American Agriculture's booth is a really popular place to be because we be do, we'll be doing our annual poll at the booth. And uh, and that poll question, the poll questions that we have are really popular with the, with the visitors. Great way for the visitors to learn more about American agriculturists and farm progress in general. And I give away a gift card and Farm Progress usually gives away a prize as well. So uh, details are still being hashed out about that. So, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of really interesting stuff to do. If you're not really into climbing on equipment or anything like that, there's plenty of other stuff that you can do. Well, that's important. I mean, are, and I, I'm going to ask this question. Maybe it's a loaded question, but are the beef producers going to have the beef Sunday for 2022? They will have the beef Sunday. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is the most amazing creation for food. Yes. Right there. Um, yes, it is. And, and it's something. By the way, it's also so popular. Sometimes it sells out. I believe that that's a big deal too, right? Sells out. It usually sells out every day by around one o'clock. They usually open up about eleven o'clock. Sells out every day by one o'clock, and the show goes to about four o'clock every single day. So yes, <laughs> we should every time. We should probably tell the listener who maybe has never been to the New York Farm Show what is a beef Sunday. Beef Sunday. So the beef Sunday is uh, what they do is they put some shredded beef in a bowl and then they top it off with some cheese, sour cream. Um, they also top it off with a cherry with a cherry tomato on top. And I, I think I'm missing mashed potatoes. I believe that actually it starts with mashed potatoes. Starts I think. With mashed that's potatoes. that's, that's right. the ice cream of the Sunday, And then you're the that's beef right. topping. And when you see it at first glance, you think you're looking at an ice cream Sunday. Then yeah. you look closer and it's real food. Yes. So yes. It, it is, it's amazing too. It is amazing. Um, it is amazing, but you have to limit yourself to one per show. That is correct. <laughs> That's for sure. Question for you is: Will there be anything I need to do with the show because of uh, COVID regulations? You know, as of right now, um, we're still we're still working that out. We're still hammering out those details. Um, you know, I, I will say that the people of New York, the, the authorities in New York, have been very uh, this year at least have been very cooperative. Um, you know, I'm sure that uh, you know, I'm sure it would probably be a good idea if you if you want to wear a mask to wear a mask indoors because the show is indoors. You know, will be will be any changes or any requirements or anything like that. We'll definitely be posting it on the New York Farm Show website and also on the Facebook page. Right. And I know things have changed. I mean, when we had to postpone last year, it was pretty dire in New York. But I think things have improved considerably, even with this short term blip we're getting right now. So that'll be good. And yes, common sense, but also going to NewYorkFarmShow.com is the way to keep up on everything that's going on with the show. And I think people should make plans to go. And the it, does, it doesn't cost much to go to this show. No, it only costs five dollars at the door. Um, if if you're bringing your kids under 18, they're free, and you can actually get free tickets. You can uh, if the details are on the website, but if you contact the Northeast Equipment Dealers and write to them, you can actually get free tickets ahead of time and uh, won't cost you anything. Can't you also sometimes visit your Northeast Equipment Dealer, like your favorite de dealer, and he might have some tickets for you? Sure can. Yeah, you sure can. Messix, <laughs> if you're in uh, if you're in Pennsylvania, Messix is one of them. Um, there's there's a whole bunch. 
believe they're listed on the on the website there and uh, you can get free tickets from them. Yeah, so I think that's important too. Good reason to go to your dealer and check things out. Of course, I think a lot of people are already visiting their dealers now just to get parts, but <laughs> that's the way that goes. So yeah. anything else? Anything else that someone who um, maybe haven't been in a couple three years to New York Farm Show that they should know? Besides that beautiful Expo building, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's going to be held every day from 8:30 in the morning to 4 p.m. Um, again, it's in it's in late February. Um, it's 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 uh, it's after some some larger it's after some other large shows that are, that are there in the Northeast. But like I said, I mean, I think this is the one show where if you want to go see a lot of times, what we'll, they'll actually bring in uh, pieces of equipment that have been shown already at Farm Progress Show and even Husker Harvest Days or, or some of the other ones. They'll actually bring them to New York Farm Show. So there might be some surprises. I know that Scott Grigger has been known to throw in a surprise or two here and there. So uh, you never know, um, you know, but uh, we'll have more details as we as we get closer to the show. Um, did I tell you the, the times? It's 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Thursday through Saturday. And again, it's February 24th through the 26th. Right. So it is it does run on a Saturday. It does run on a Saturday. Yes. Which is the busiest day. But uh, it's it's a fun time. That's interesting. I mean, Louisville also runs on a Saturday, but uh very few farm shows actually do. So this is really good for those folks in the Northeast, and we appreciate that. Well, Chris Torres, good to talk to you about the New York Farm Show. I'm sure we'll actually do a catch-up later when you learn more, but let's flag it and watch this again on the podcast. And again, if anybody wants information, newyorkfarmshow.com is really the place to keep going to keep up. Thanks for your time, sir. All right. Thank you. Thanks to Chris Torres and his preview of the upcoming 2022 New York Farm Show. We'll touch base with them again as the show gets closer. I've been lucky to attend the show, some in my history with Farm Progress, and when I can work it in my schedule, I learn a lot. Check it out and learn more at newyorkfarmshow.com. Now we turn our attention to the Rocksaw, a machine that was essentially sent back to the drawing board by a group of lawyers. However, that engineering turnaround is working in the company's favor as Rich Ansel, Vice President of Marketing for Rocksaw, tells us in a recent conversation. We caught up with him at the Don Imus Ranch near Santa Fe, New Mexico, where the new machines were officially launched. In fact, we recorded this interview in the Don Imus studio. Very cool. Let's learn more about the new Rocksaw utility vehicle. Rich, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Uh, great to have you here. It's kind of interesting to catch up with you in a... It's not a ghost town. It's a western town out yeah. here in New Mexico. Yeah. But but we're not we don't care about horses and, and sagebrush. We're looking at something really kind of cool, the return of the Rocksaw, right? right? Right. But we have to step back a minute. I saw the Rocksaw in 2019 and it went away. I think that went away because another manufacturer felt that you were maybe infringing on some things and that meant you had to leave the market, correct? That's but right. but you want to look forward now. When you leave the market and you're forced to do something like that, how did you look at okay, we got to come back. What are we going to do? How did you look at this new design? Well, it's interesting. It was actually a great opportunity, uh, you know, to, to have the chance to kind of rethink some things and to, to look at the market and to talk to our owners. And so we've done a number of things. You know, we've worked to simplify the business a little bit. We redesigned the vehicle. Well, one of the things we learned about the vehicle, you know, uh, over the past couple of years, actually, was uh, it really appeals to people that want to work with it. Recreational people love it. But people that need a vehicle they can work with day in, day out really love it, you know, because the side-by-sides the -side that we compete with really aren't made for that heavy-duty, everyday use. So that informed our, our, our approach to the redesign. You know, we wanted something that reflected a workmanlike capability, aggressive, tough, rugged, 
that ties to our tractors uh, a, a bit better. Uh, and so all of those things informed the redesign, and, uh, and uh, we're, we're happy to have the, the vehicle back out in the market. It does look different, yep. as people will know. The interesting thing is it's not a clean sheet redesign. You kept things, right? I mean, that was part of the conversation. When you had to step back, it wasn't about, well, let's throw this truck out the window and start with a whole new truck, right? What are the things that customers really like that you kept in this new model? Well, what customers uh, really like, particularly, like I said, those people mm-hmm. that are working hard with it every day, are, is what's underneath. You know, right. it's the it's the box steel frame and the steel body and the turbo diesel engine and, and the fact that it's got a real heavy duty transmission. Those are the things that gives the the vehicle its durability, which is what people love. And so we were smart enough not to you know change any of that. Uh, we wanted an exterior look that sort of better reflected that durability and that ruggedness, and that's what uh, that's what we've come out with. Unobjectively, I think personally, the new look is a little cleaner, and it looks like it's actually been thought about a little bit. But then there's also some quality things, right? Powder coat paint or e coat paint, not powder coat. And then there's the bed is treated even differently. And right. Rock you, liner. Rock liner. I mean, there's a lot of new features on this, but this this vehicle. Key features, that's a, what, what's what, and 62 horsepower engine? 62 horse, yeah. And it's a turbo diesel. Turbo diesel, 144 uh, foot-pounds of torque, low-end torque. Well, the original vehicle could tow a lot. This one can tow, what, 3490? 3490. That's, I mean, we, we watched yeah, the it the tow here. rating hasn't changed, so. <laughs> no. But, well, if I'd wanted more, if, if I liked it. But it, it's a rugged built. I mean, the, the, the design underneath, like you say, it's all steel leaf springs, simple design. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's interesting though. Why didn't you do a clean sheet design? You just felt there was just no need to. Yeah, I mean the the internally the adage is if it's if it ain't broke don't fix it. And we we talk to owners. We know what they love about the vehicle, and uh, it didn't need fixing. I mean they love that the they love the way the vehicle's built and how simple it is. And so we we kept that. There's something on this vehicle that I was curious, um, you know, uh, lawyers are involved in our lives all the time, mm-hmm. but you've got a sticker on the cat dashboard of this new vehicle that I was curious what your legal department thought of. Can you tell us about that sticker? Yeah, you know, don't do anything stupid is the sticker you're talking about, and uh, it's, it's in, you know, it's something, you know, in good faith, we're telling our owners and people driving a vehicle, don't do anything stupid, but, you know, it also speaks to our brand personality. You know, we're we're... We're not a Me Too product by any stretch of the imagination, and we don't want our personality to be Me Too. I mean, there's I, I call it the herd of side-by-sides that are out there, and we're not one of that herd. And so we wanted a unique personality. It's a little bit irreverent and bold, and uh, that sticker, I think, is, is the embodiment of that, that attitude. Our dealers love it. They're always asking for... Don't do anything stupid t-shirts and swag and all sorts of things. I'm pretty sure that's a sticker that a lot of people have wanted to put on a vehicle for a long period of time. I mean, I'm thinking there's some side-by-side competitors that are slapping themselves in the head going, darn it, I wish we'd have thought of that. So I think that's interesting. But I think it's another thing is, you know, we're at this event, we are trail riding. Right. I mean, this is a work vehicle. So it's kind of an interesting way to introduce it to us. It'll show us capabilities. I understand that. Engine braking, which I'm looking forward to checking out and, and enjoying. But... The other side of it is um, this is a work vehicle. Right. I can tow a lot. I can be everywhere. Tell me about what your customers have said. You did a lot of research to right. bring this out. Let's talk about that research a little bit. What were you hearing? Well, they like to work with it. Yeah. But rural lifestylers, I mean, they, they they work hard and they play hard. You know, they're going to work hard throughout the week, and they're going to want to get out on the trails or go hunting or do whatever they want to do on, on the weekends. And, and this vehicle, that same ruggedness, 
uh, can take on a hardcore trail. It can get to places that conventional side-by-sides can't. So we're talking a lot about work right now, but that capability is just as meaningful on the trail. Was this need to go back and redesign this vehicle good news for Mahindra in the long run? I think in the long run, yeah, I think it was good news because I think the design that we have now, because it reflects the ruggedness and and has a bit of the tractor character, we think it's going to appeal to an even broader audience. Yeah, it is a a finished design, I think, that looks really cool when you look at it. And you're right, it's got the... Looks like it's part of the tractor family. We got the Mahindra logo on the front, clean, yeah. clean grill design. And nobody likes any change, but the dealers that have seen it and the consumers that saw it as part of our, our research all reacted quite positively to it. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Dealers got to see it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, orders. Orders are through the roof. We are very excited uh, about uh, the orders. I think we've been taking orders now for maybe a little over ten days. And uh, the, they're, they're well above what our expectation was. And, and that's not even the complete, you know, all of the dealers, the phase one dealers that can order it haven't even ordered the vehicle yet. So uh, we're quite pleased uh, with, uh, with the interest so far from our dealers. Well, let's talk about that for a minute, because one of the things that we have to talk about with anything nowadays is the supply chain. Right. And during the virtual press conference, we kind of dealt with that, but that's not here. Let's talk about that for a minute. You are phasing the launch of this. I mean, they're right. coming out now. By the time this podcast airs, uh, my dealer might be a phase one dealer, and he might have one. Right. How is that working? How are they phasing them? Or is there, is there a geograph- geographical phase? How do you decide which dealers in one, two, and three or whatever? Well, I mean, it's, the supply chain issues are still there. I mean, fundamentally, right. that's why, um, you know, we're, we're kind of phasing into, into the the launch. I mean, you know, we're working day in, day out uh, as it relates to the content of the vehicle that comes in from India, and uh, it's improving, you know, day by day. Um, but it's, you know, it's something we're going to need to continue to manage. Uh, so the, the, the phase launch is with, um, you know, the initial phase one dealers are those dealers that have been selling rocks or know how to sell rocks or have had great success with the product. And they'll get uh, products first, okay. Uh, and then we'll gradually roll it out to more and more dealers. The way the dealership organization is changing too with Mahindra over the last few years, you're you're kind of bringing the automotive contract in North America and the tractor contract. They're they're integrated, right? How's right. that work? We've integrated it into one channel. Uh, within that, you know, we'll ha- we have a, a group of dealers that are Roxor only. We have a group of dealers that are selling both Roxor and tractor, and then we have a group of dealers that are that are tractor only at this point. Well, obviously, geography plays into this, and eventually they could all have both or or not, depending on how the the contracts work, right? That's yeah, just, it's just an evolution, right? Yeah. Okay. And then Roxor has been popular all over the country, so you know Texas has always been a big market for us, but it's it's sold well everywhere. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think Roxor got a lot of people's attention when it initially launched because it's like you're kind of rethinking it. I've seen farmers that wanted to go a little beyond the side-by-side, and they were bringing things in like little Chinese trucks. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of interest in doing a little more and maybe not using my pickup as truck as right. much. That's one thing about this vehicle being a turbo diesel. It's got some range, right? It's got a 12-gallon tank. 12 you know gallon. how far you can drive on that? We've heard people, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of right. variability that deals with, you know, the conditions and the terrain. And we've heard people talk about a range of, of 300 miles. You know, it's I think it's, you know, more accurately, it's probably in the 220 to 230 range on a full tank. And this will use both off-road and on-road diesel. I can use either in my vehicle. Yes. I believe that's true. So I have the flexibility that if I did get somewhere and I could only get one kind of diesel, that's right. what I use. And blends. So, and, and blends, yeah. right. You can't use 100%. I get that. So 
turbo diesel, good towing power, new look. The other side of this is there's basically only two models. You're starting out a little, you're facing this, not only are you phasing into the market, you're phasing the model choices because right. the previous model did have an automatic transmission. Right. That's not on this, this, this new model does not have that. Correct. How's that going to work and how are you looking at that? Well, we, we will look in the future towards bringing in the automotive back out. Um, you know, what we found is, is a manual transmission is sort of part of the charm of this vehicle. Uh, and it was the majority, the vast majority of our take rate uh, previously. Yeah. So um, uh, the manual is what we're going to be offering for the time being, and we will look at phasing in an automatic over time. The other thing I was interested in was in the conversation, and we can talk about this a little bit, that there's the base model and there's the all-weather model, right. which is a cab and full HVAC, which is kind of nice. Right. The take rate on the cab was a little bit higher than you guys estimated yeah. in terms of the beginning, right? You right. were looking at 80-20, but right. not... It's the cab is edging up towards, I think, I think it's around 27% right now. So it's a little higher than we forecasted, but we'll be, we'll be able to handle that. It's just an interesting market to see what farmers want, and I think a lot of the rural lifestyle folks like to be warm and cool, right. depending on the time they're working. Right. So you've got a southern region and you've got a northern region, and yeah, it's, it's hot and cold. It's going to be interesting to see, too, the accessories people end up doing with this right. and as that grows. You do have certain accessories that are available, the worn winch and those types of things, but it'll be interesting to see what people decide to add on to it right. as this goes. Right. Anything else you want to tell people about the Roxor and besides the obvious Rich would like you to go buy one? No, we're just... Uh, <laughs> I would. Uh, no, we're just excited to have the product back out in the market. I mean, it is, uh, you know, I've been a, a marketing guy for, you know, 35 years, Shutter, And this is the first time in my career I've had a product like this that is so uniquely different from anything else on the market. And so in, in, a, in a way, it makes my job easy. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's a fun product to market. It's got a lot of differences, a lot of uniquenesses. And at the end of the day, that, as a marketer, that's what you want to be able to capitalize on. Well, that's great. Well, Rich, we appreciate talking to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. In business, stuff happens. But how you deal with it matters. For the Rocksor gang, refining the utility vehicle for 2022 offered a new opportunity for the company. Rocksor is a Mahindra brand. And thanks to Rich Ansel for giving us the story on the new machine. And you can learn a lot more at rocksoroffroad.com. And thanks also to Chris Torres for that preview of the upcoming 2022 New York Farm Show. You can learn more about that at newyorkfarmshow.com. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands as well as farm futures, beef, national hog farmer, and feedstuffs. And our events, including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, and the New York Farm Show. Before we go, I want to alert you to two special events to consider for your calendar in January of 2022. The Farm Futures Ag Finance Boot Camp and the Farm Futures Business Summit. Boot Camp runs all day January 19 and the summit runs January 20 and 21. We're in Iowa City, actually in the same hotel facility we've been in before. It just changed its name to the Hyatt Regency Coralville Hotel and Conference Center. You can learn more about the program, what's on hand, and the initial agenda with speakers and more at farmfuturesummit.com. Visit the site and consider registering to be on hand in January. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.